perhaps for the last five weeks, we are going to deal with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, verse 5. I will not complete that. I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I know I can't preach all that I brought. If you have your Bibles with you. We'll begin reading at verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I am reading, um, at least out of this, this text, out of this scripture, out of the Amplified Bible. It would read different than yours, but it would be on the screen in back of me for the choirs on the screen in front of you. Um, and you should be able to follow as I read that which is before us. Amen. Amen. Beginning at verse 3. Beginning at verse 3. Chapter 1 of Ephesians. Beginning at verse 3. And it reads as such in our hearing. May blessing, praise, adulation, eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual that is given by the Holy Spirit, blessing in the heavenly realm. Even as in his love, he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy, that is consecrated and set apart for him and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. I'm going to read verse 5. And we won't get that far. For he foreordained us, he destined us, he planned in love for us to adopt, that is revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because it pleased him that his kind intent. Well, let me just keep on reading. So that we might be to the praise that is the condemnation of his glorious grace, that is flavor and mercy, which he also freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Somebody said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The thought that I want you to uh, think about as we look at these verses is we are the object. You are the object of his love, praise, and glory. Say with me, I am the object. I am the desire of his love, praise, and glory. Now give God some praise. Father, even now. Father, even now. Father, hide me behind your Shekinah glory that your people may see and hear you and not me. Do not allow Tracy to inheed or to, 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 to get in the way of what you want to say to us. Lord, break through the boundaries, break through the blockage that stops us from hearing and allow our spirit to hear what the spirit is saying. Lord, even now, allow us to catch a glimpse of what your word is trying to say to us. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Paul is really losing himself in thought. His mind is full of what the Lord has, is revealing to him. It's like the deepest oceans, and even at the deepest point, there are what they call black holes. That scientists cannot send instruments in is so deep because of the water pressure, and they don't know what is down there because it's deeper than deep. Even at some of the floor levels of the deepest ocean, it is so dark that light cannot penetrate through the darkness. And they send down sometimes some, some instruments, and, and the pictures that they get back is creatures that they never saw before. They are amazed and astounded by these animals that live under such water pressure but their bodies are able to take it. And, and many of them have a, a glow to them because in the darkest deep where the light cannot penetrate, they have a glow within themselves. And even at some of the deepest level where the holes go even deeper, they just don't know what's there. Science send, they, they send things up in the sky and they got telescopes that, that, that look as far as they can look and they try to look to the edge of creation and what they are discovering is planets all the time. When they think they understand something, they see something else that they never saw. They say that there are explosions going on and there are planets still being created. And, and the universe, as far as we know, is expanding. And they really saying this is more than what we can understand. Paul in the scriptures, are, is he's going deeper than the deeper sea. He's going beyond the higher than, than, the, than the, universe, from the universe and all of creation. He, he's going beyond that. Uh, and I'm sorry to say today that, that, that even as deep as we go, we are still scratching the surface. There's no way that we can, with human language or with our finite mind, understand the depths of his grace, the goodness of his mercy, the plan of salvation. We're just scratching the surface of how good God really is. But I want you to press with me because we need to press to expand our understanding. We need to take a look at how God planned and how he fashioned and how he did this thing called salvation. Because the more he blows us away by what he has done, the more in love you will fall. The more you understand what he did in saving you, the more you begin to take notice, I'm God's child. Don't mess with me, I'm God's child. So as we, as we, as we, as we, as we, as we try to get into the mind of Paul, allow what he sees become what you see, that we all may see it together, and let's God blow our minds. Look what he says. Look how he says it in our text in, in verse 4. He says, he says, even as in his love. Look, look what he said. This is what he said. God's about ready to make a move, and the reason why he did it is because he loves you. Hold on. He, didn't, he don't love you because of what you are right now. He loved you before he saved you. He loves you. In fact, what he's about ready to say is it wasn't you that made a move towards God. It was God that made a move towards you. Listen, before you even thought of God, while you was at your worst, doing your worst stuff, the Lord was thinking about you. Matter of fact, it goes deeper than that. Well, you don't believe me. Okay, let's, 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 let's watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch how this says this. He says, 
even as in his love, he chose us. You thought it was you chosen, that you chose him when you walked down the aisle. No, 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 no. Before you walked down the aisle, God had already picked you out. Hold on, listen, listen. It is an awesome thought to think that God picked you out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper. While you wasn't thinking about God, God was picking you. Matter of fact, he picked you before you picked him. You were just responding to him already had picked you. Listen, when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, that was a response. That was a response to what God had already done. I believe, I believe that, that, that we don't have to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is already in God's hands. And if you are God's child, God has already fixed it a long time ago. And all we are doing is catching up with what God has already done. Here we are worried, wringing our hands, and God isn't sweating. He's not busy because God fixed it before he started it. So once it got started, it was already fixed. So now we're just catching up with what God has already done. No, it's not deep yet. We're just getting started. Look what he says. He says, he actually picked us out for himself. Did you know that God got his name on you? If you are a child of God, there is something about you. You're marked. You walk around marked and don't even know you marked. That's why sometimes when we're trying to get into something that we have no business getting into, that, that the door won't open for you, the reason why it doesn't open for you because you're God's child and he don't want you to get mixed up, mixed up in everything. And there's some doors he's going to shut on you so that you can't get mixed up in something. We are the Lord's. And when you know that, it ought to make you Think different. I want to make you act different. Listen, you cannot allow what's happening in your life to dictate to you who you are. Because you are the Lord's. You're going to be tested. You're going to be tried. The devil going to get all up in your Kool-Aid. He's going to mess with you because you are the Lord. Our faith has to be tested. Has to be tested. So, so just know that the Lord allows the devil to do it, not to destroy you, but to bring out of you what he knows is in you. My God. He's up to something in your life. If you... That's why it behooves us not to be moved too much by what we see. One day we're going to learn you can't get too high and you can't get too low. And the reason I say don't get too high because you ain't going to stay up on the mountain always. Don't get too low because when it's bad, you just got to believe it's coming back up. This is a temporary situation. And my God got everything in control. You have to live your life where regardless of what's happening, you keep your eyes on Jesus. And when you got your eyes on Jesus, you're not moved by too much. You know how to praise him when things are good, and you know how to praise him when things are bad. Because, Lord... 
I'm in your hands, so everything is going to be all right. You ought to thank him when things are good, thank him when things are bad, because even when they're bad, he got you. There ought to be evidence in your life that even if you don't see his hand, you see his fingerprint. There are 7 billion, 900 million estimate people on the face of the earth, and everyone has a different. Just the fact that I have put my finger on this piano, there is evidence that I've been in the house. You got that? Even if, I'm, if, if I disappear and somebody wanted to see if I was here or not, they could dust that piano and say, he was here. There are going to be times in your life when God isn't saying anything and it seems like he's not doing nothing. God does not always have to work by big things, firecrackers, big booms, you got to be able to detect that I see his fingerprint. If his fingerprint is here, I know that God is in the house. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't know how long it's going to be, but I see the handprint. Well, you don't even need his handprint. If you got a fingerprint, that should be enough to keep you in your right mind when everything is going bad. Just the fact that he's keeping you in your right mind when you feel like losing it, God is in the house. Just the fact you woke up another morning, God is in the house. Just because it's going bad right now don't mean it's always going to be bad. God is a God that works in seasons. Seasons. Watch this, watch this, watch, watch, watch where we go. Go to Jeremiah. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, verses 1 through 9. Jeremiah is a young man. He still is in his youth, and, and God is calling him with a purpose on him. With a purpose on him. Listen, the fact that you are here, that you are alive, that you are on planet Earth, means that you have a purpose. Amen. The fact that, that you got a pulse, that you are breathing air, means that God has a purpose. God is not just calling folks to preach. He's calling folks. And if God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous life, life is bigger than just living. You are more than just some protein and some acid cells that have come together and you live life. No, the fact that God is a God of purpose, you have a purpose that God wants you to fulfill. And many times where we make the mistake is we think that it got to be something that is earthly big. Did you know the small things on earth is big in heaven? And some of the things we think is big in heaven on earth is small on earth? Let me prove it to you. He says, before you was in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah, before your mama and your daddy got together, I already knew you. I intimately knew everything about you. So how can you say to me you're too young or too small to do what I have already put in you? What is it that, that is holding you back from fulfilling God's purpose in you? What is it that that, that you are using as an excuse for you to continue not to do that. There seems to be a little thing, but anytime it's obedience, it's a big thing. God said, wait a minute. I equipped you for whatever I called you 
to deliver us. He said, I knew you. He said, before you was born, I had already consecrated you, set you apart, appointed you to be what I need you to be to the nation. Look, we can say that from the highest level to the smallest level. Listen, do not allow what has happened to you to deter you from being where God wants you to be. I believe, it's just my personal belief, I think I can prove it in Scripture. When God has a calling on you, the devil throws a monkey wrench in the calling. Listen, listen, watch, watch this. The devil don't want you to be or to do what God wants you to be or to do. So in the process of your living, the devil was throwing things to mess up your thinking that will make you stop and say, he can't use me because you know where I've been, you know what happened to me, but the devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. God still says to every one of us, I knew you, I called you, before you was in your mother's womb, I knew you, I ordained you, I equipped you, I appointed you. Listen. Somebody said, well, Rip, you know, I'm not a preacher, I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, if you are a mother that's raising kids, that's an awesome place to be. Your God-given appointment may be to raise some awesome kids. Hold on. Your God-given appointment may be an awesome grandmother to some awesome grandkids. If God has you here for three of... Well, that's nothing. That's everything. John the Baptist would not have made the Ford's top list. He would not have been on the Most Beautiful People magazine. John the Baptist comes out of the wilderness eating locusts and honey. Have y'all read the report? He's not dressed in the finest clothes. He's dressed in rough, scratch your skin, camel skin. He lives in the wilderness. His hair is disheveled, got a beard. He probably don't smell the best. He comes out of the wilderness saying, repent, for the time of the Lord is at hand. Hold, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not in a palace. He's in the desert. You best watch out for those folks who've been spending time in the desert. All of them not crazy. Some of them got a word for you. God would take the most likely, unlikely people and use them in the most awesome way. Listen to Jesus, his report about John the Baptist. He said that he was so different that people left the city to hear him in the wilderness. He said, I come to tell you that John the Baptist is the greatest man in the kingdom. Huh? I think that some of the things that we as Christians make big deals of in the kingdom won't be a big thing in heaven. And some of the, and some of the, and some of the things that, that we take for granted, God is going to make it a big thing in heaven. There are going to be some folks we never heard of, but they was faithful in what God had given them to do. See, God don't care if you're on TV or not. He's not impressed with us. He's not impressed with your chiffon dress. He, he's not impressed with high heels. He's not impressed with a 10 or sixes. God looks at the heart of man and says, look at that one, look at that one. Their heart want to be right with me. 
Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 16 has been commissioned to go find the next king of Israel. He is told that Jesse is. Jesse is the one that has the son. Jesse has, if I remember right, eight sons. And, and these were some outstanding sons. They, they were amazing. They, they were strong. They were warriors. And as each one lined up and walked past Samuel, Samuel thought to his heart, this must be, this got to be. You know, just because you look kingly don't mean you are kingly. <laughs> I hate to say this, that, but I got to say it. You know, the Pharisees put on a good act. You would think that the Pharisees were the most righteous people in the land. And Jesus said, you are vipers. You are whitewashed tombstones. You make a big ado in front of folks, but your heart is far from me. Did you know God is checking our hearts? He's checking our hearts. Listen. Don't allow folks to determine who you are. Yes, Lord. If you are still moved by what folks say about you, then you're going to miss what God has for you. John the Baptist, in order for him to fulfill his purpose, he had a don't care attitude. What you mean by that? I don't care what you think about me. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And as long as I'm okay with him, it really doesn't matter whether you like me or not. Let me, let, 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 let me share with you. Some folks is not going to like you no matter what you do. There's some folks who don't like the way you look, don't like the way you walk, don't like the way you talk. Just don't like, just don't, just don't, just don't. Don't even know you and don't like you. And if you are moved by the opinion of folks, if you allow what folks say, listen, even sometimes Folks who ought to know us will miss us. Folks that ought to know our hearts will say, you know, ultimately, the one who knows us is Christ. He knows us on an intimate level. I thank God for friends who know my heart. But there's some things that God won't let them see because it's personal between me and the Lord. Wow. David is standing there, and these sons are passing before him. And then all seven of them pass. And I said, no, that's, that's, that's not them. So Samuel, you're looking on the outside, but I'm looking at, listen, Jesse, the father of David, did not even go get David. Listen, he got all the other sons, and he, the father, did not think enough of David to call him in from the field where he was tending sheep. Hold on, you got to see this. All the rest of the sons that lined up, and they had already started the progression in front, the procession in front of Samuel, and David was still tending sheep, and the father forgot that or did not think that David was important enough to be called to the table. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Somebody hear me. So, so, listen, listen, listen. Even if your mama and daddy didn't see what God placed in you, you don't quit. You forgive them. You let go of it. Don't keep on blaming other folks. 
If you're grown now, there's some things you got to shake off. There's some things you got to let go of. There's some things you got to say, okay, they didn't do it, but Lord, I'm still here. I made it. The Lord, you see me. You know me. Don't let, don't let the talk of other folks limit. They call David. Here come David. He's not a warrior yet. He's still a youth. He, he, he smells like sheep because he's been tending sheep. He's a handsome young man, but he's not a warrior yet. He's not developed yet. And here he comes with, with his rosy cheek looking different from everybody else. And God says, he's the one. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God picked us in spite of what other folks said about us. God said, well, you don't understand what I place in him. That's the one. Look at our text. Go back to verse 4. It says, even as in his love he chose us and actually picked us out. You are his purchased possession. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it, it, it talks about who we are, who, who we are in Christ, the, the benefits of being in Christ. He, he, does, he does not say who you're going to be. He says, no, who you are. Who, this is who you are. He doesn't say you're going to look like. He says, no, this is a state of being. This is who you are. I have made you this. In Christ Jesus, you are this. He said, you are, look at what we're, he, he said, you've chosen. He said, I now have, an, I have made a new race of people. Because out of every race, every nation, every creed, I pick some folks out. They guarantee that there will be some folks who will come in the kingdom. Did you know he picked you out and you can say, I'm a chosen generation? That's why heaven is not going to be this color on this side, this color on that. It's not about color. It's about he chose you. He picked you out. said we are a royal priesthood. What that mean? That means that you have the right to come into his presence. You know, one of the areas that I believe that every Christian needs to take even more advantage of is that you have the right to get in your Father's presence. You can pray at any moment. You can call on him. And when you call on him, he hears you. Because you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, he gives you the right to come anytime you want to. And he, and he hears you. Holy nation. That means a nation that he has set apart for himself. A people, listen, your King James will say that you are a peculiar people. Well, that is somewhat true because if you are saved, if you are a child of God, it makes you, according to the world, peculiar. You're not like everybody else. You just don't fit in with what the world system. Listen, there's sometimes you got to stand on the word when nobody else understands why you're standing. There are going to be folks that mean well, but they're meaning well. Sometimes folks can love you too much and try to them try to call themselves looking after you and they are trying to move you out of where God has you because they don't understand that God is up to something. Listen, just because you're in the fire doesn't mean that the Lord isn't in the fire with you. Sometimes the fire is exactly where God has you because he's bringing out of you what he put in you and the only way he can bring it out of you is to keep you in the fire. There's sometimes where you can only go by what God is telling you and if God don't move you then don't you move but make sure you're listening to the 
hear the voice of God. Because when God gets ready to move you, he's going to do it right. Listen, perhaps what God's trying to do is teach you. And how can I say this? How can I say this? There are some things that you had to go through to be where you are in relationship with him. Let me explain that. Through some of the things you've been through, you now have a deep abiding relationship with the Lord. Let me explain that. There, God has to get us in a place where you have exhausted A through Z. There's nobody that can come to your rescue. And if the Lord doesn't help you, you won't be helped. He has you at a place that if God doesn't show up for you, you're in bad shape. So you have set your eyes on the Lord. And if God doesn't change it, it won't be changed. But when the Lord stepped in, you knew without a shadow of the doubt that it was the Lord that stepped in and it made you fall more in love with him. Am I talking to anybody today? Is there anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? That that experience, you don't want to go through it anymore, but you now thank God because if it had not been for that, you would not be where you are today. I believe there's some things you got to go through. It gets you to where you're going. Hey, let, me, let me make it real simple. You have to pass first grade before you go to second grade. If you fail first grade, you might get a summer break. But when you go back and the rest of the classmates done went on, you're going to go back to the same old teachers. Why? Because if you can't handle first grade work, you're not going to be able to handle second grade work. And sometimes when we are not allowing our situation to make us fall on our face to God and learn what he's trying to teach us, we get a break, but he's taking us back round again until we learn what we miss the first time. What would you say? Stuck. Just stuck. Because you're not learning of him in the fire. Listen. Let's go to verse 4 again. Let's finish this up. He's, he says, you are my own. Here it says, notice what it says. He says it again. He said, he said you are my, well, when we was back at First Peter, second, First Peter, to and I said, "You are his 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 peculiar people, his his own possession. He paid a price for you. God so loved us that it cost him everything. Your salvation cost him leaving the throne." Becoming a man, dying on the cross, a curse. I mean, the death he died because he paid the price for you and for us. What love have to do with it? Love had everything to do with it. God was moved by his love for us to make a move so that when we stand before him, we can stand before him with no, 
with, with no reproach. Read, read what it says. Read what it says. Verse 4. Verse 4. It says, says, so even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the found. Well, what, what does that mean? Okay, let's, let's do this. Before he said in Genesis 1, let there be, he had already picked you. Somebody said, somebody said, how, how is that possible that there was nothing but him? So how could he pick us before he started creating? Well, you existed in the mind of God. That God had it all worked out in his mind before he called it into existence. Hold on, check this out. That means that God is not being moved by the affairs and being dictated by the winds of things. It's already done. Listen, listen, listen. Before he started in Genesis, he already saved you in his mind. He knew you, knew what you was going to get into, still picked you, because in his mind, he already saw everything that was going to be, and he set things up. Hold on. Let me, tell you why. Let me show you why that is so important, which means the trouble that you're going to have next week, God already knew you was going to get in that trouble. Which means then that the answer of the trouble is already done. So instead of fretting about it, thank God, tell him about it, put it in his hands, and know it's already done. Listen, as he went as far as to save you before he made anything, then he Fix it for you before he made you too? Listen, listen, listen. He not only set your beginning, he set your ear and everything in between. Our God is God. Our God is God. Our God is God. And he is worthy of the praise. We are catching up with what he has already done. Amen. If we just stay out of the He's working it out already. Our God is, is more awesome than awesome. Our God is our God is more, more greater than greater. Our, our, our God is, is bigger than bigger. Our, our God is our God is God. And if we ever catch a glimpse of the working of God in our individual lives, uh, we won't be stressed out. We won't be, we won't be messo messed up. We will walk with our heads up. We will say, Lord, I know you got this because you got me. Watch this. First of all, let's finish this up. Let's finish this up. He says, he says, listen, he set us apart that we may stand before him, that we should be holy, consecrated. So listen, holy is not an attitude. Holy is a state of being. God has made you this. It is a benefit that comes in your salvation package. God sees us as 
holy. We are learning to be what we already are. We are learning to be what he has made us, what we already are. We are catching up with what he has done. It's done in the spiritual, but now it has to be manifest in the physical. In the spiritual, it's already done. Now, by faith, we are bringing about what he has already done. Okay, let's, let's go on. I'm almost done because I can't hardly take no more of this. Listen, blameless in his sight and above reproach before him. Listen, you might as well quit trying to impress folks. Yes, You might as well quit worrying about what people are going to think and, and what. Listen, folks going to talk anyhow. They're going to talk if you do. They're going to talk if you don't. They're going to talk. They're going to talk. Some folks don't have nothing better else to do but to talk. James tells us that the tongue is a dangerous thing. He said, of all the body muscles, that one thing is more damnable than anything. He said, a person that can control the tongue is a mature Christian. He said, it's a little member, but man, that thing does damage. And if we allow folks to set the, to dictate to us what we think about ourselves, how we, what we do, how we conduct. We got to get past all that. And, and I know it hurts sometimes, but, but, you know, most importantly, this has to be. Where this sets you and keep you centered. Your relationship with Christ got to be your center point. Because every and anything else fluctuates. I mean, that's just the way it is. Now notice what he says. He says, not in the sight of folks, but in my sight. I see you. I see your heart. Listen, sometimes the the hardest people to impress are folks who've been knowing you all your life. You know why? They remember when. Isn't it funny that they will go back and fish in that sea of forgetfulness? But you know who is our biggest accuser? Is the devil. Not only does he accuse us before God, he accuses us to us. He will bring up those things that the Lord has already forgiven and remind you what happened. Set you on a guilt trip. Make you feel like you are no good. He will remind you from where you came from. He will will condemn you and make you feel like you're not good enough to praise your God. If you allow the devil to keep on manipulating, but wait a minute. You know, when you're forgiven, you're forgiven. When it's under the blood, it's under the blood. 
Did you know that blood has a ability to, to, to stain everything? Listen, listen, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. There is something peculiar about the protein of blood. You can paint it out. You can bleach it out. But the protein particles is still there. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Listen, 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 listen. It doesn't look, but if you take the stuff and spray it on, it will come back up to the top. And they can tell there's been blood here. Listen, if you've been covered, if you've been covered, if you've been covered, if you've been covered by the blood, of Jesus Christ. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing that can erase the blood. The devil can, I mean, it's almost like wearing a raincoat when it's raining. What you mean? They're throwing it at you, but it won't stick. Let folks throw stuff at you. Let the devil accuse you. But Revelations 12, 11 says that we will overcome him by the blood, by the blood, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of your testimony. What does that mean? This is what it means. Remember your covered. Your past is covered. Your present is covered. And your future is covered. Listen, if you're covered, there's nothing that can take away the covering. So when the devil begins to remind you, you know what you ought to do? You ought to remind him. Heaven, I know, devil, I know where I'm going. I'm on my way to heaven. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I accepted Jesus a long time ago. And though I may fall sometimes, I get back up because I'm covered. But devil, I know your future. Your future is you're on your way to hell. So guess what? I'm not listening to what you're saying. I got a song of praise. My God is good to me. My Jesus died for me. My Jesus live for me. My Jesus got up for me. My Jesus is in heaven for me. And one of these days, he's coming back to get me. Know who you are. Know who you are. Know who you are. The devil is a liar. And the truth you stand before God with no condemnation. It's covered. God's not bringing it back up. The devil's bringing it back up. Jesus is standing there saying, she's mine. He's mine. He stands before us and and what heaven sees is Jesus mm-hmm. all around you. Yes, Jesus all up in you. Yes, Through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's all about him. The question is, are you covered? Rev, you don't know how bad I've been. I think God specializes in changing some of the worst folks. He specializes. You know, the very stuff we throw away is the very stuff he comes and pick up. Oh, yes, he does. Why? Because he still sees value in you. He know why he made you. Since he made you, he got purpose 
for you. Our God is awesome, God. He's better than that. <laughs> He's more awesome than that. And he is waiting for the chance to be awesome in your life. That you may experience the love of Jesus where there would be no question in your life whether you are his. Listen, tests are going to come. Storm is going to come. Tears are going to come. But God will get you to the place where in your relationship with him that you would say, if it took all that to get me here, and this is what I'm saying, if all that was necessary to make me fall in love and know Jesus like I know him, even though I don't like what I've been through. If it took that for me to know him like I know him now, I'll go through it again. If it took that for me to know the Lord like I know him now, if all that was necessary Let's do it again. Why? Because knowing him the way I know him now is better than all the pain I've been through. And if it took me to know the goodness of the Lord the way I know the goodness of the Lord, I'll do it again. That's how good he is. How can I say this? It's not what happens to you. It's who come get you when you're in trouble. It's not what happens to you. It's the sufficiency of Jesus who meets you where you are and bring healing into your life and you discover he's the best thing that could ever happen. You are the object of his love. He is offering it to you, but you got to let him in. You got to allow him to become real to you. If you live and miss Jesus, you miss what life is really all about. Today, He's waiting on you. I believe he's knocking at your door. But you got to let him in. I got preachers here that will pray with you and talk with you and show you how to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to be covered by his blood, to know that he's real, 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 real. Real, 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 real. I don't have words to describe. <laughs> but he will show up in your life. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will hold you. He will make you in the midst of the storm believe that everything is going to be all right. Today. Today. Don't shake it off. Don't resist it. If he's calling you, come on. 
As he's pulling at you, come on. As we stand, if you're here today, as the choir come, come on. He's calling you. Come on. Let us pray with you. Let us talk with you that you may experience the Lord Jesus Christ.